And the universe has a funny way of waking people up sometimes. And I think this was a way to wake me up. <laughs> but the beauty in that is that the, my worst possible nightmare happened. And I'm still here. And I figured it out. Right? That's it. We always figure it out. We are so resilient. Even when we don't know it, we are. Because during the, the nightmare of that first year we had with James and all of his issues, I always figured it out. Me and Chris figured it out. Welcome back into the DC 360 podcast. I have another one of my super coach fam here, um, Sharon. She is an amazing person. I met her at Super Coach Academy 2020. I want to say 2022, but this is it's 2022 now, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, two years ago. Oh my God, it doesn't feel like that long. A pandemic wow. later, and here we are. <laughs> well, welcome in, welcome yeah, in. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, tell, uh, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, your background, and then we'll get right into the podcast. Yeah, so um, uh, my name is Sharon Diabaldo. I met Danny and Supercoach uh, a couple years ago. I'm the mom of two boys. So I have a four-year-old, James, and an 18-month-old, Nash. And my first son was born three months early and suffered brain damage at birth. Um, and he now has cerebral palsy. So I've had quite an interesting um, road as a parent to navigate. Yeah, say um, the least. But it's also been, yeah, so it's been challenging, but it's also been really, really beautiful. And uh, I don't know if I would have came across the understanding that Danny and I have been sharing if it wasn't for what happened with James. So part of me is also grateful for what happened in, in different ways too, because I know that going through the challenges and the struggles that we have with James has really changed me in the best possible way and has woke me up to a lot of things and helped me find this understanding. And because of that, I, um, and such a different parent now than I think I would have been had I not came across this understanding. So, yeah, so I'm a stay at home mom, but I'm also um, a coach like Danny. And um, my kind of loose niche is working with um, moms and parents that struggle with, you know, anxiety and stress and day to day overwhelm. Um, but I also just love working with anybody that is, you know, feeling a little bit stuck in their lives or struggling to find peace, clear, uh, clarity, and just simplicity in their lives. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I moved back to my hometown a couple of years ago, and I'm married to my college sweetheart, Chris. Yeah, and we're just kind of enjoying a low-paced life in a, in a small town now, which is nice. <laughs> how, did, how did you and Chris meet? Uh, we, he was actually my neighbor in university. So we met in our second year of university and probably at a convenience, he was the easiest one to date cause he was my neighbor. <laughs> uh, no, actually we started out as friends and to be honest, we actually hated each other when we first met for quite, a, for quite a while. And then, yeah, something changed where, you know, we saw each other differently. We started out as friends and then, you know, within a few months we started dating and yeah, we've been together for about 18 years now. So it's funny how that works. Uh, first impression can really be turned around. <laughs> wow. So you have a, your four-year-old James is your oldest one, right? He is. Yep. Yep. What y'all do for the first 14 years? Y'all just hanging out, having a good time being adults. Well, like <laughs> It's kind of funny you ask that because Chris and I laugh about this all the time that, um, we thought we were busy before kids. <laughs> we thought <laughs> we were so busy and it was just us. We were just working. We literally had no responsibilities. But we thought 
stuff. We were so busy. And now I look back and I'm like, what did we do for those first 14 years? <laughs> no, like joking aside, we did have a lot of fun. Like we traveled a lot. We are huge uh, Toronto Raptors fans. We went to Raptors games all the time. Um, so what? Yeah. So what is? Uh, what's it like packing now? Right? Like, oh God! <laughs> like before, you just you and him. You know, you go into the Raptors game. You go wherever. Um, yeah, what is it like packing for you now? Oh my gosh! Yeah, so we 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 travel a lot. So my son James, we um, do a non-conventional type of um, therapy with him called the Anat Banyol method. And there's not that many practitioners around the world right now, especially non-local to us. And even though I'm a physiotherapist by training, we don't do conventional therapy. So we have to travel to see um, ABM practitioners a lot that aren't around us. So this year alone, we've been in New Jersey, California twice, Toronto. We're constantly traveling. And yeah, the packing is getting really old. So <laughs> with two kids is, yeah, we actually bring my mom to help. Uh, with us, but also because we need the extra space of her car as well, because as you know, traveling with kids and two beds and James has, you know, adaptive strollers and different beds and things like that. So that, yeah, the packing takes me, you know, a couple of days each trip <laughs> to pack, but I've got it down to a science now. So it actually doesn't take me that long anymore, but yeah, it requires two, a uh, huge truckload and a car load. So it's, it's a wow. lot, but I'm so used you to it. Yeah. You mentioned a type of therapy that he does now. Can you yeah. say that again? Can you speak on what that is? Yeah, so it's called the Anat Banyol Method. And honestly, it's funny because I call it the three principles of therapy world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. so it, 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 it's amazing. So with conventional therapy, and I'm not dishing conventional therapy, I do think there is a time and a place for physio and occupational therapy and things like that. But sure, we didn't sure. find James was responding to that very well. And um, we found a new type of therapy that really focuses above anything else, connecting with the child first. And then when you connect with the child first, as opposed to going in there and trying to fix them or fix their legs or get them to do things they're not ready for, it really um, doesn't wake their brain up to the same extent as if you really focus on connecting with the kid first. As you know, if you get a deep connection with a kid, you really can highlight their brain, activate it in a different yes. way. And that's where you get such fruitful learning. So yeah. that's their first priority. But it also comes from not a fixing paradigm. So when we were doing traditional physio for the first six months of his life, they wanted James to sit because he wasn't sitting yet. So they'd put him in sitting, you know, and then now that I know better, like if a kid could sit, he would. If he had the neural pathways to do it, he would. So wow. him, them trying to make James sit when he didn't have the neural pathways for it would be the equivalent of getting a newborn now just trying to sit when they aren't ready for it yet. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so we kind of got rid of all traditional um, approaches and we have done the Nat Banyo method and he's honestly just flourished with it and he's surpassed so many predictions that the doctors had for him. So we're just so thankful that we found it and I think it's going to be there's going to be a paradigm shift where therapy starts to go more towards that, that path. But yeah, I could talk to forever about this because I'm so passionate about it. We will yeah. get back to that, but oh, tell me what, what, what was it like for you when y'all were going to the therapy and mm -hmm. it wasn't working out for you? Yeah. So this was before I came across the three principles. So I was the most stressed and anxious I'd ever been in my entire life. And I honestly felt the weight and the weight of the world on my shoulders all the time. Yeah. So 
when we are going to traditional therapy, I had a list of about 20 exercises I was supposed to do with James like three times a day. And my whole life revolved around all these exercises. And honestly, it really prevented me from enjoying my baby because all I could, at the time, I was so stressed and worried about, there was so much unknown. Nobody could tell us if he was going to walk one day, talk one day, you know, anything. Like we had no idea what, they couldn't really give us much. So I was so, every time I looked at him, all I could see was, the unknown and the uncertainty and the what ifs. And it really, I was constantly in my head almost a hundred percent of the day. And I couldn't really bond with him on top of that, of having to do a million exercises with him a day. And he had like, I don't know, 20 different specialists for all his different health issues and things like that. So it was probably the most dark and difficult time of my life. Um, And at the time I couldn't see a way out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was kind of like my worst nightmare ever as a as a person like that's why i didn't want to have children because i was so afraid of something bad happening it made me not want to have kids and then i finally took the jump and then my worst nightmare did happen (sighs) but yeah for sure interesting how that all plays out like keep like i want you to keep going but i just think it's so fascinating how like we could think of something we could think about it we could think about it and then not be the same as living the experience Oh, definitely. But it, but there was such beauty in that too. And I didn't think there was any beauty in it for the first, I don't know, year of his life before I kind of woke up to a, to a few things. But the beauty in what happened to us, and the universe has a funny way of waking people up sometimes. And I think this was a way to wake me up. <laughs> but the beauty in that is that the, my worst possible nightmare happened and I'm still here and I figured it out. Right? That's it. We always figure it out. We are so resilient. Even when we don't know it, we are. Because during the the nightmare of that first year we had with James and all of his issues, I always figured it out. Me and Chris figured it out. And I always, and I never trusted myself, even though I figured it out every single day. I was always worried the next day when it figured out and that my whole life would collapse. It never does. We always figure it out. And now I have such <sighs> trust in my ability that when shit hits a fan and I feel like my life is falling apart, which as a parent, it happens on a regular basis. Pretty often. (laughs) Of course, like pretty much on a daily basis, even if it's only for a few minutes at a time. I still in the back of my mind know that I will figure it out. The answer will come to me, right? And I have such trust and faith in that because of what we went through with James, that if I can get through that, I know I can get through anything. So Mm -hmm nothing seems quite as big of a deal to me now. And that's the beauty in what we've went through and the challenges that now, you know, I just trust myself and my kids and my husband and my, you know, my skills as a parent so much more than I used to. So there was beauty in that too. Yeah. That is like, that's so cool to know that like I have a similar story, but different, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's nowhere on the scale I believe as yours, but like then, like we start comparing my level versus your level. It's Who cares? All relative. Yeah, it's all relative, right? But you said it earlier. It's interesting how the universe wakes us up to yeah. this whole thing, and it's cool that you began to notice and see that in your experience. And I know you you've done some things like that in the yeah. past yeah. where you've uprooted whatever you had to, you've had in order to make things more efficient for your family 
And what is it like? Like, like, how do you see the world when it comes to those kind of experiences? Because it's 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 a challenge. I think that the biggest thing is that I and I never used to do this before because I'm a very Type A, busy-minded, go go go, like to be busy. But now I'm every year, every week, even I develop more and more trust in what comes up when I take the time to get quiet. So when we were having to make some big decisions for James and his therapy and massive financial um, investments that we have to make, because every therapy we do isn't covered, right? It's all out of pocket and he's an expensive kid. But I know that if I take the time to get quiet and not let my fear and my insecurity and, you know, all the busyness that's going on in my head, make my decisions for me. Like I used to, I know that the answer that's best for me and my family and my kids will come to me. And I am developing such appreciation for what comes out of me when I take the time to get quiet and listen when I'm in a calm state. Cause before I came across the principles. I don't know. I'm going to say 90% of my decisions were made out of a panicky place. And a lot of times I'd make some really bad decisions from that place. And I did that for the first year of James's life too. I made a lot of poor parenting choices, um, you know, and now I have such trust in what, comes out of me when I take the time to let my thoughts and my fears and my insecurities settle. And that's helped me make some pretty big decisions that the old me would have been panicked about and too scared to do, right? Make massive financial investments in James and go to California and spend insane amounts of money or pick up and leave our house in the city and come back to a small town. And, you know, I, I, I just, trust that things will work out now. I didn't have that trust before. And I know they're not always going to be easy, but I know that I will always know what to do at the time that I don't need to figure it out in advance. Like I used to think I needed to, that I can just take care of it when anything comes up in real time. And that's been such a relief to me to know that I don't have to spend so much time and energy planning for a future that I've created in my head that may or may not happen. Usually a crappy yeah. one that I create in my imagination. <laughs> now I try not to do that because I know that if something unexpected comes up, I can just take care of it then and I'll know what to do then. And then the rest just becomes a little bit easier. I love that. It's something, something that I do want to ask you about is – so I know what my experience has been like since Super Coach Academy, right? Like I, I went into Super Coach Academy, wound up tight as a, a whatever it's tight, who knows? Um, <laughs> Me too. And then like, and then like today, I'll go into a conversation. I'm like, oh, life is beautiful, yo. Even yeah. when it's not, it's amazing. Yeah. But there's that gap. There's the jump that has to be made, right? Mm -hmm. um, at least I had to make it, and I don't know what that experience was like for you going from, yes, I've learned the principles. I've learned this, like how things work mm -hmm. to implementing your, like, cause, right. cause to me, it looks like two different things. Does that make sense? Or 
as a question? Yeah, I think with me, I don't know what your experience was, obviously, but with me, I think I was so, for most of my life, I was so led by my intellect, <laughs> mm. you know, and I, w- and I was still already going down a bit of the spiritual route before I came across the principles because I knew I just got this sense that there was something more to life than what my intellect was leading me to believe. Um but even when I first got into super coach, I was trying to get the principles with my intellect and every decision I made, right? And I was even trying to find happiness through my intellect, right? I was trying to think my way to happiness because I didn't realize that you couldn't find what you want in life through overthinking your way there. I, I thought if I just thought harder and I figured out a plan and I got everything in place, right, that I'd feel secure and happy. But then it's like I was this rabbit chasing a carrot and the carrot was never coming. And I was like, what the heck? Like I'm doing everything right. And even when I would get my life looking exactly like I wanted on paper, I'd go to bed and I'd be like, ah, and then the next day my busy thoughts would start again and I wouldn't feel happy and I wouldn't feel secure. And I was like, what the heck? Like I was just so confused, but being around the principles has made me realize that everything we're looking for in life with which at the end of the day is honestly just a nice feeling that's what everybody's looking for just a nice feeling it's a nice feeling every everything that everybody does for their whole life is essentially because they're looking for a nice feeling we just look for it in the wrong places innocently you know but now i i realize that everything i'm looking for isn't going to be from me thinking, from me entertaining my intellect, from me going down the rabbit hole on my thoughts, right? There's no resolution in there, which is why I never found it. And now I realize if I let that all settle, there's this quiet place that just feels so good to touch. And I don't put pressure myself to touch it all the time because that's not what humans do. We go in and out of it all the time, but I know now that it's there for me. I didn't think that before. I thought it was there out in the world, out by making more money, out by making, you know, out by getting pregnant. If I can have kids, then I'll be happy. Or, oh, if my marriage just gets a little bit better, then I'll be happy. Or if we move here, right? I was always looking for it out there and wondering why I couldn't find it. Now I know that it's already there when I take the time and let things settle. And I feel that part of me that feels alive, even if everything in my life is chaotic. I know I can touch that place, you know, if I don't entertain was taking me away from it. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful realization to have that you don't need anything in your life to change, to touch that space that that's already there for you all the time. Yeah, that's 100%. It. In fact, I love what just happened because you in a way took me out of my intellectual mind, my thinking and took me into whatever that space or place is and in that space, I just really felt comfortable with whatever's going on, right? Like yeah. we're taking our kids swimming, like lessons, right? They've had puddle jumpers on, which are like this. Yeah, we have You one. know what they are. You yeah. can throw your kids in the pool and they're just like float. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they're doing, right? <laughs> like you could you could go have a Mai Tai out in the parking lot. And they'll, and they'll still be, be floating. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we told our kids, we were like, okay, we're going to take you. And we didn't know what was going to happen. So we were like, we're going to get in the pool with you guys. We don't know what the teachers are going to say. We're just going to do whatever they say. We get there and there's like no parents in the pool. And we're like, oh, Oh. (laughs) cool. 
But our kids, they hadn't had a nap. They didn't really yeah. eat lunch. Oh, no. um, it's about three o'clock in Texas, so it's scorching hot outside. Oh yeah, and so like we're like, yeah, time to get in the pool, and yeah. they're like, no, we don't want to get in the pool. <laughs> Finally, get my son in the pool, and I have a friend Carla who teaches special needs kids about pool safety and all that stuff. She's like, yeah. there's some kids we won't even get in the pool for the first week, yeah, because we're like walking around the pool we're talking about the pool she's like you got to get them comfortable what you said about connection yeah. she said once we're connected they'll go anywhere yeah. but until that connection occurs nothing you can't force a kid yeah <laughs> they forced them in the pool they were like yeah just take them in the pool and then my yeah. son's like daddy yeah. mommy daddy mommy. <laughs> oh yeah for like 10 minutes and like some girl walks up and the lady's like yeah this lady right here she's been here for like four years she's the teacher of all the other people she walks in the pool like casual as i don't know what and she gets <laughs> in the pool she takes my son he's yelling and i could just see she's there talking to him yeah. And then she takes him to the side of the pool. And I'm assuming she's like, anytime you feel fearful in the pool, all you got to do is put your arm here. She's talking to him. He starts calming down. And he's the one that likes to swim. Yeah. That's why it's confusing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes, calmed all the way down. He's kicking. He's floating on his back. He's doing the gambit, right? <laughs> and we're watching my daughter. She's just like. <laughs> not having it right but she does when she's in the pool she just likes to lay there she don't really like to do anything anyway yeah. right we get them out of the pool they're out of the pool class is over we get in the car we're like aria what was going on she was like it was hot i was trying to get away so i could get under the water <laughs> smart that's smart so what i learned was like okay these kids know what they want to do. They just haven't learned to communicate right. effectively, according to me. Yeah. So, like, I can't get mad at her for, like, it's the whole time that's all she wanted. Now, you could see it. Like, the lady be like, lay on your back, and she's just, like, fighting them and stuff, you know? And, but, like, <laughs> what you're saying about parenting and connection and, and – once we start to see it in these different places, we can laugh about these experiences mm -hmm. that before we would have freaked out over. Oh, for sure. Like I would have, like before I would have like, no, nah, let me jump in the pool. Yeah. Like y'all, y'all, what do you mean? My kid's screaming. This ain't gonna work. Yeah. But like, I knew he was okay. Like I know he likes water. Yeah. I just knew. Yeah. Um. So it's just so cool that we can trust in the quiet, right? Like that is amazing and when i get out of my intellect it's just so beautiful that there is something more there there's something more for us to see and Boys. experience yeah. and and that's what i just love it's been amazing talking to you like we talk every once in a while and every yeah. time i talk to you it's like i can feel your consciousness level shift raise in some oh. way and it's it's one of those things where I used to not believe this whole when when the tide rises, all ships rise with the tide. Right. I used to not really understand that, right? But when I connect with people in like our 22, 2020 class, when yeah. I connect with them, like it's interesting because I can hear the clarity mm -hmm. in how beautiful your experience of life is. Right. Outside of the coaching, outside of yeah. like. 
if parenting is good, this sounds so crazy to me right now, but if parenting is good, yo, I can rock and roll in these other areas of life now, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. oh, like my kid's screaming, he's tripping, he hung, hungry, screaming, da, 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 and I'm still just like, oh, hey, what's up, other parent? Like, how, how you doing today? And they're like, your, ki- your kid's out there, and we're like, ah, what you gonna do about it? I know it, like, and it, and it's so, and it's so amazing. Like, if you, if you have a calm state of mind, and you're in a certain level of consciousness, not much can touch you. Like, if I'm in a good mood. Honestly, they can have these meltdowns in public and I'm just like, oh, well, you know, it'll pass. And I just, you know, grab my groceries and I get home. If I'm in a bad mood and they have a panic attack, oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world, right? But it's it's nice to know that that's all that's going on, right? Is when you're caught up in your head and you're in a little mood, everything just seems like the end of the world, even if it's not. That's just the way, that's just what minds do, you know? But I know that now that when I'm in those moods, I don't think it's actually my kids that are making me upset. I just know that I'm in a mood, right? So I don't take it out of them as much as I used to. I mean, I still, obviously I'm a human and sometimes I still, you know, yell at them or whatever, or I say things I regret. But now I just know that if I try to, (laughs) this is going to sound maybe silly, if I try to time my parenting around when I'm in a better mood, things just go smoother. So when I'm in a bad mood, I try to do the least amount of parenting that's still safely possible. <laughs> Yo. You know, like I still obviously take care of them and do whatever. But if I want to like speak with them or teach James a lesson or whatever, I make sure I'm doing it when my mood is calm and I'm more compassionate and I feel like I'm just a more loving person. Because if I try to make parenting decisions or react to my kids when I'm in a bad mood and never goes well, then they match my mood, like you said, right? They rise to my ship, (laughs) panic ship, and nothing gets done. So now when I'm in those moods, I don't always get it right, of course. I still react, you know, out of anger occasionally. But I've been trying as best I can to time my parenting around my moods. And it has honestly done such a world of good. (laughs) Wow. And, and my marriage. I tried to tie my marriage around that too because <laughs> if I react to something Chris says when I'm in a bad mood, we just fight. And what's the point of that, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Like you say, if you were out there in podcast land yeah. and anything that we have just talked about at all piques your curiosity or you're like what the heck are they talking about please reach out she's got some free coaching sessions right now and an eight-day mini retreat you if you want to tell them a little bit about that um yeah so i created this um i wanted like a fun way to introduce this understanding to people um that were struggling so i created this free day mini retreat it's like a self-paced mini video series called uh, Freedom from Anxiety, A Simpler Way. So I talk a little bit about my experience with coming across this understanding and the struggles that I dealt with with a lot of anxiety after James was born. And then I kind of um, explain this understanding from my perspective and how it really helped helped me overcome my anxiety when traditional approaches weren't really helping me um, a few years back. So yeah, it's on my website. Um, it's free. You just have to you know, sign up and you get a video every day for eight days um, that you can watch at your own pace. Yeah. I've been getting good oh. feedback about it. So hopefully people like it. 
Uh, tell so tell them where your website is. We're also lo- link it in the show notes for sure. everybody. Yeah. So it says www dot sharon with a y. So s h a r y n d u b a l d o d i u b a l d o dot com. So sharon dot com, and then it's probably under the freebies uh, tab at the top. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Sharon, You're for welcome. stopping in, telling mm-hmm. us a little bit about your story, sharing who you are taking me to that place where I wasn't Danny for a minute and just was like there with you. I appreciate that. Likewise, honestly, you're just a breath of fresh air all the time. And you're just always in this bubbly, warm, lighthearted personality. And it's just very infectious. So you raise my consciousness level more than I probably raise yours. So I love being, being around you. So thanks so much for having me. (laughs) I love you guys, everybody. I love you. Likewise.